Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from her palatial apartment in Chicago is Di Billick. Di, how are you? This is the first time you didn't say palatial two-bedroom apartment. See, I was concerned that you wouldn't have all of your faculties all about you, but you are sharp, you're on point. I'm glad to have you on. Thank you. I'm very sick, but we are doing this anyway. You know why? Because when you have the flu and you're throwing up, which, by the way, I have a vomiting phobia that stems from when I had a pretty serious concussion. Two days of that. Today is day three. No more throwing up. I got my homemade menthol inhaler. And, like I said, when you're sick, what else do you do besides play video games? The answer is nothing. Well, we're going to test the strength of the flu shot I got a couple months ago right now. <laughs> and talk about those video games you've been playing. But first... As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Di, as you are aware, we have a new feature for the podcast since the last time you were on. Yes. And I have come up with a title for the feature. Yes. It is called Screen Watching. Hell yes. And we are going to be looking at a television episode of a well-known series that features video games in some way, shape, or form. Talk about how the video games impact that story, and then say how much we liked it, or disliked it. Mm. So, to start, we are going to be looking at... Back in the 90s, I was in a very famous TV show. Bojack Horseman. Season 1, Episode 4, Zoe's and Zelda's. Mm -hmm. Now, to really quickly recap what's going on here, Di... Uh, Todd is a freeloader who lives at Bojack's house. Bojack is a kind of washed-up Hollywood actor who lives out in uh, L.A. Mm -hmm. And Todd wants to create a rock opera. And Bojack is helping him. He's supporting him. Or is he? Dot, 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 <laughs> question mark. Yeah, I love Aaron Paul playing Todd. Like, that was my favorite thing that I learned about it. Um, so, uh couple questions first. Are you a Zoe or a Zelda? I think I've got to be a Zelda. I mean, being introverted is basically me. Mm -hmm. So that's that's got to be who I am. Yeah. What about you? I have no idea. I can't I can't place myself in such a black and white. I think I'm both. So you're a Bojack then. I am. Bojack would I'm not both. play the game exactly. either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll find out by the end of the episode. <laughs> so as part of the plot, uh, Bojack and Todd, Todd reveals to Bojack that he had a past problem with a video game addiction. Mm -hmm. And they do treat it like an earnest subject here, I think. Todd is very serious about the fact that it caused him a lot of problems in the past. He dropped out of school to play the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he lost his girlfriend. Yep. He got kicked out of his house. And so he's really trying to keep clean. And the, the show does cover the, co the topic of substance abuse quite a bit, so... I think they're really looking to explore this as well. And at first, it looks like Todd is succeeding in his new venture with the rock opera he's trying to produce mm -hmm. and uh, write. And then, seemingly right as he's about to succeed, he re relapses. He finds, like, the sequel to the game that he'd been playing before. And it's pretty funny, because, like, the game totally sounds like some Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I know. And it's just some, like, match three puzzle game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense how you could, like, play one of those for more than, I 
goes on a huge bender with it, ends up failing like a key meeting with a bunch of investors that would want to invest in his project, and he ends up back kind of dependent on Bojack, where, which is where he started the episode. Right. And then, I think this was the first episode of the series. You haven't watched many episodes yourself, right? I haven't. Uh, this was, I think, the first one that kind of has like a twist or like a, oh, this is really grim ending to it. They do this a lot, where it turns out that like Bojack made this seemingly coincidental series of events actually happen. He engineered the like appearance of Mar- character actress Margot Martindale <laughs> to stand in line and like point out the video game to Todd while he was shopping. Right. Because he, at the end of the day, really is dependent on Todd being dependent on him. And he doesn't want to be alone, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So sad. Because I don't know a lot of Bojack Horseman, would you say he's a narcissist based on those things? He is a slight bit of a narcissist. <laughs> okay. Just a little bit. I have a question. Have you ever... Wait, no. Of course you feel like you have. What is the most... What is the game you feel you've been most addicted to if you can use those words and, like, you know, not... Like, a game that you couldn't stop playing that almost, if not maybe, uh, messed with your life in some way. That would have to be Magic the Gathering Online. I, I just, Really? Yeah, I mean, I've spent tons and tons of hours and cash on the game and while i like to think that i have a responsible handle on how much i play it now there were definitely times i didn't Mm. i would just like play for like 12 hours more 24 hours at a time back when i was in school and that was not good yeah that's not a good place to be yeah no not a good place have you ever felt like that yourself um in high school, when I went on real drug benders, I would also um, punctuate them by going on uh, video game benders as well. Uh, and you can insert video game here, but mostly Super Nintendo and everything. So, no. <laughs> no. Are you addicted to having the flu? Would you consider yourself chemically dependent or unable to imagine your life without the flu? Right now, yes. When I went outside <laughs> earlier for the first time for something in several days, I it felt like a video game because I had been playing video games for so long. I do love the flu for that reason, though, because you know me that I have to schedule this video game time. I have to. That's one of the reasons I do this podcast, so I can schedule time to play video games. The ending of this episode, you, you might not be aware of this because you have not watched much of the series, but it lingers. It comes up again multiple times. Oh, really? Yes. How? Uh, well, I mean, eventually, without going into too many details, if you want to watch Bojack Horseman for yourself, but Todd does find out about the uh, plot that Bojack had, and it really impacts their relationship. Really? Yeah. So it doesn't reset to zero like sitcoms do? No, I think because... They're on Netflix. They feel more confident in just, like, gradually letting relationships develop like that. I love that. Well, now I'm going to watch it. You should. It's it's devastatingly sad at times, but it's, it's really good. Well, I like that. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Die devastatingly sad, Billy. <laughs> Stop telling people my middle name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the answer to all my password questions. It's, I'll only... Talk about you with your stage name going forward. <laughs> Die, Billick. So uh, now we usually rate 
each of these episodes on three different categories. So there's accuracy, condescension, and entertainment. So accuracy is like how well do you think they portrayed video games? Mm-hmm. Condescension is do you think they looked down on video games or the gaming hobby? And then just entertainment is how much you enjoyed the inclusion in the episode. And much like with all video games, we scored them on a scale of 6 to 10. Uh, so 6 being lowest, 10 being highest. So let's start with accuracy. Uh, how would you rate that? Mm, being a digital game like that, I don't know. The more um, I'm reminded of you and your puzzle game addiction, or your puzzle game love, I should say, <laughs> uh, where the, the more simple a game is, the more addicting it is, or the more replayability it has. So, I don't know, that game seemed pretty simple. Uh, so, let's just, let's score that a seven. A seven, okay. So, not, not terribly accurate to actual gameplay. Because you can't, you can't, you can't be addicted to a game like that so badly that you, that you drop out of high school and get kicked out of your parents. I mean, you can, but it doesn't happen. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, no, that's, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I would give it. I would give it an eight because it does seem like a very basic game, but it seems like there was good fidelity to like how people buy games. You might find one in like a clearance rack for a like, dollar, right? For a dollar, yeah. <laughs> or like uh, you can. Uh, it looks like he's playing something that looks like an Xbox right. in Bojack's house. They actually show uh, uh, Todd. I think in a separate episode playing a 3DS at some point. It just looks like exactly like a 3DS. So someone successfully modeled all like the current game systems. So I think there's some accuracy there. Okay. And then uh, condescension. So if you score a 10, you think it's very condescending towards gamers. A low score is you think it treats them well. I think about a 6. I didn't think, I didn't feel any condescension there. Yeah, I, I think like they are saying you can't get addicted to games and that's bad, but they're not looking down on it. They're just saying, like, well, I mean, people can get addicted to uh, various things, various habits. People can habits get addicted to anything, yeah, for sure. Depending on their personality, yeah, you can get that dependence. So, right. all right, I, I would go with a six as well on that. Okay. And then, uh, what about entertainment? Entertainment, oh, well, I was very entertained. Um, uh... If I, if I were a fan of the series, I would probably give it a 10, but uh, because I was, like, coming in only viewing the first episode before this, I would say, like, an 8. Okay, I would give it a 9. Yeah. I think, like, the little extra stinger at the end where it turns out that <laughs> Bojack engineered the whole thing is kind of crazy, <coughs> and uh, I would uh, feel, I, like, at that time, I was just getting into Bojack because, you know, I started with season 1, episode 1, so, like... Eh, this show's alright. And then yeah. I saw that twist, I was like, whoa. Right. Whoa, okay. <laughs> right. I think that that will be the reason why I continue watching it. Alright, well, awesome then. Great. Yeah. Great. I'm glad I maybe turned you on to a new series. Yes. Yeah, you can watch Bojack Horseman on Netflix. They're up through the end of season four now. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they, they knocked those out. They've been going since like 2014. Uh, so, die. Let's move on then. Hey, uh, during your illness-induced malaise, what have you been playing? Well, 
Have you ever had those games that a friend has been like, Bill, based on all the games that you play, I think you would really love this. Take this and borrow it indefinitely and let me know how you like it. I think gamers like doing that more than actually playing games. <laughs> trying to like get their friends to play games. Right. So my dear friend Joseph, who you know, uh, knew that I uh, that my first ever RPG that I ever played was Dragon Warrior, which is not an uncommon thing among people my age because it, it a free copy of it came with Nintendo Power uh, in the United States. So uh, I loved that game so much growing up. That was my first RPG, and then like the game. That he gave me was Dragon Quest Nine. Dragon Quest Nine. Oh, nice for the Nintendo DS. Yes, so I'm playing Dragon Quest Nine on my uh, 3DS, and it's a game by Square. And I mean, I've seen different iterations of Dragon Warrior and like how they're Dragon Quest. They're Dragon Quest in Japan, and they were Dragon Warrior one and two here, and then you know like. I don't know, the, the series, like, you know, the series is the same thing. It's the same thing, with little changes throughout. Uh, I play, I've been playing it for a long time. I've been pretty much playing it, like, whenever I feel well enough to stare at a screen, and or I'm not throwing up. <laughs> uh, so, for those unfamiliar, Dragon Quest Nine came out in 2010 in the U.S., uh, it came out for the DS. It is one of the. It's one of the only Dragon Quests, I believe, where you can like recruit friends to play with you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds accurate. I definitely had a couple friends back then who played Dragon Quest Nine a lot, and yeah. they would party up to get items. And it's like an eighty-hour game, and you have to grind. Like you know, Dragon Quests, like you you have to grind. It's yeah, like huh? <laughs> such a traditional RPG where it's you know turn-based and there's grinding that needs to happen and all those things. Uh, I've just been having a great, great time. I don't have any friends to play with because it's Dragon Quest Nine, and I don't have a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I know that the new Dragon Quest just came out for the Switch. Yes, Dragon Quest Eleven is out in Japan on, I think they brought it out on the Switch and the PS4. Okay. Which is a little unusual, yeah. but uh, they did that, and then it's probably coming to America eventually. Uh, the World Creator one is out for the Switch now. Yes, Dragon Quest Builders. Builders, yes. Yeah, like Minecraft, but with Dragon Quest. Yes, <laughs> which is, sounds pretty great, and also... So very time-consuming. <laughs> that might be one of those games that uh, you get kicked out of school for. Uh, I don't know. Um, the thing that I did that was pretty super... You know how some of those RPGs take a while to start? This one... Yes. <laughs> this, this one did as well, but it was pleasant. It was, it was pleasantly... Um, you know, you still get to fight. And there's not a lot of tutorial happening. So that's good. And just like the Dragon Warrior of Yore, it was so much like... If, I mean, they have the same uh, sounds for, like, uh, an attack. They have the same sounds for, like, running away, going downstairs. Uh, as Dragon Warrior. What? 
that game came out so long ago. I love that the franchise has adopted, like, and like, really satisfying some of the same enemies. And I, I was like, some of the same enemies? I had the same feeling when I was, like, exploring new parts of the map where harder enemies would come up. Where I was just so pleased because I'm like, what, are they going to poison me? Like, what do I need? Are, is this too much for me? Can I be in the forest right now? You know, because sometimes there are uh, uh, more complicated foes in the forest. And, like, as you progress along the map, I, there are some places you can't go without dying. And I love the challenge of that. Dragon Quest Nine is not as hard as I would like it to be, though. And, um... But it's just so reminiscent of, you know, Dragon War. I was so surprised. I really didn't expect that at all. So, uh, you get to create your own character. Then you get to create the rest of your party if you have no one else to play with. So the only thing is, like, you're just chilling with your party who you create. I just so happen to, uh, I don't really talk about this, uh, like, at all, but I will. Um, I'm writing a fantasy novel for the past five years. It's been five years. I'm on chapter 20, and I'm so close to being done. Oh, okay. All right. So close to being done. Uh, I mean, it's five years in the making. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, just for shits, I decided to name all my characters, because the character creation screen wasn't, and the options weren't very complex, but they were complex enough for me to create the like some of the main characters of my novel, so I created them. And I'm like, holy crap, like, I straight up, like, am playing with my characters that I created. And I think that added an extra element of, like, okay, this is super fun. Because I have a maid, I have a, um, a thief, and a, uh, they call it a minstrel. Because it's just like... That's a bard. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But there's not a lot of, like, I don't think I'm, I'm that averse to the magic the minstrel yet i don't really understand because you're a guardian anyway um I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far i think that i'm going to probably play it through it's one of those games that like i think about when i'm not playing and i'm like damn i want to play drag quest 9 right now the only caveat but you know what i keep forgetting that i'm in, on the 3ds because i can just close it and then open it again you just have to make sure it's charged <laughs> but sometimes you can't save you have to. I think you just have to go to the church to be able to save. Oh, that stinks! Just like That's... in regular Dragon Warrior, unless you're on the map. Uh, in regular Dragon Warrior, you can save if I remember correctly, but I can't harken back my brain to when it was eight. But the 3DS, you can just close. You don't have to save it. You just have to make sure your 3DS is charged. When, when portable systems became so that you could like yeah just go into sleep mode. I think that started like the first one. I think was the PSP that you could do that easily. Uh-huh. That was a huge deal. Like even like the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Like you, there was nothing like that. Game Boy Advance it's a weird feature with sleep mode where some games would support it but most wouldn't. Uh-huh. And that was not very practical all the time. Yeah. So yeah, with the PSP and the DS and stuff, started having like oh I can just like clamshell open, clamshell close. Right. Then that makes it so much better for taking on the road. Yep. Taking on the train. Just gotta make sure it's charged. Yeah. Otherwise you're fucked. Yep. <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. And it's such a such a nice surprise because it's been sitting in my 3DS case for probably an entire year. 
though I texted Joseph today, I was like, I'm having the greatest time ever playing Roar Corps. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I'm like killing, sl- I'm like riding on slimes. <laughs> Why am I loving this? And that's weird too. Like I had the most fun in the game is the grind. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, no. Like, honestly, no. Like, I, yeah, to- totally with RPGs. That can be a lot of the fun of the game. Yeah, I just miss the turn-based RPG so much. I think that, like, just having it again is just so nice, and I just don't want to get better. I just want to stay sick so I can beat it. Are you sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh. And that's what I've been playing. I mean, if you ever finish Dragon Quest Nine, there are definitely... I cut another couple hundred hours of Dragon Quests out there, even just for the 3DS on its own. That's what I hear. There are so many Dragon Quest games. My head was spinning when I was looking them up today. I was like, what? I didn't realize it was such a huge franchise in Japan, but, I mean, there's a good reason for it. Good game. Well, as for myself, I, by coincidence, had borrowed a game from a mutual friend of ours, Ooh. Jeremy, for the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Called Cave Story Plus. And I've been playing that recently. Cave Story Plus sounds like a cheap download add-on to a game called Cave Story that takes ten hours to complete. That's all I'm saying in my head. That's what I see. That's not entirely inaccurate. <laughs> So Cave Story... <coughs> Excuse me. That's funny. So the game Cave Story originally came out like over 10 years ago. And it was just some game you could more like more or less just download for free from the internet. What console? Oh, like PC? Yep, a PC game. And you're, uh, you're a dude who is in a cave. You fall into a cave. <laughs> and you got a gun. And you can jump around. You can like... Explore a bunch of different places and try and like find your way out. And while you're down there, you meet a bunch of people who live underground. They all look like rabbits. <laughs> okay. And you can get different weapons and power up your weapons and stuff like that. And it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so they they call it Plus now because it you know it's gotten a little bit of like better music, and I, I guess the graphics are a little bit better. But they still look like a like a pretty low end. PC game from over 10 years ago. But it's for the Switch? Yes. People really like this game, so like the idea of having a physical release for it, I think, was attractive. I'm gonna look up how much it costs. It retails for... I think it retailed originally for uh, 40 bucks, because the pricing on Switch games is wackadoo. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's absolutely wackadoo. That's why I asked. Here it is. Um, $29.99. And I would say that it's a it's a good game. Is it worth twenty nine ninety nine? Not to me. Okay. So I think if you are someone who enjoyed Cave Story in the past and you would like to play it again and have something maybe a little collectible, then this is for you. But if you're just coming to it for the first time, like myself, I find the controls are okay. The uh, your character is a bit floaty, and the jumping is not as precise as I would like. Oh, really? On a Switch game? Yeah. This is something that... Okay. Continue. It, it, it's a letdown because there are some pretty punishing jumps. There are some instant kills and you fall into, like, pits of spikes. <laughs> and, like, the death penalty can be harsh. You get kicked back to, like, 
your last save point, which could be, you know, a little a, a while ago. Yeah. Games have come a long way since this originally came out, having come just from Celeste, which I have I finished the main story of Celeste, and that is another like platforming game. You are this young girl named Madeline. You're trying to climb a mountain. And that, everything is, like, so sharp and snappy. And beautiful, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good-looking game. And on top of that, the death penalty in that game is so minimal. You, you know, you hit the spikes, and then, like, less than a second later, you just pops back to the beginning of the screen. You start over again. It feels like you're playing an artifact when you play Cave Story Plus. Uh, really? Yeah. That can be considered... Part of the challenge of a hard game, but when you add to the fact that the mechanics of the controls are not up to par or like not modern for a, for a switch, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So bad at me. How does Jeremy like it? Well, I think he likes it a lot. I think he probably played it a bunch when he was younger, when uh, he was playing it on the PC, mm-hmm. and he has more tolerance and nostalgia for the way the game played back then. Mm-hmm. I have those feelings, too, about different games that came out in that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, some that have not, perhaps, aged as well as others. Yeah. So, I you know, I, I can uh, relate, and I can appreciate that you let me borrow it. Um, but, you know, I, I sank, like, three hours or so into the game. I, I, just, I don't think I'm going to play very much more. That's all. <laughs> right? That makes sense. Uh, interesting. Sounds. Sounds. Like, one of those black and white, black or white games where you either love it or you hate it. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a hard sell <laughs> for a modern player, except for, like, a very select few. Right. Or if you just want to have every Switch game. I mean, uh, there are people out there like that. Yeah. I've seen it. Like, I, I follow our game collecting, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, got every game on the Switch that's been released so far, and it's like, you know, 50 games out of control. So much money, but at the end of the day, well, at the end of the decade, uh, if we don't, if we do survive the thermonuclear war, that's going to happen, of course, uh, that person will have a lot of money and it's wise investing. <laughs> so there is that. Gaming is an ever-expanding bubble, it appears, where games just cost more, but also are worth more. Yeah. You know those legendary, like, really bad Nintendo games that no one could get their hands on? Uh-huh. Maybe this will be one of those for the Switch of the future. That could be it. That yeah. could be it. And it will be worth like $6,000 in 30 years. Let's give it time. We'll see. Today's children are, 30 years from now, the adults who have just come into their first like real disposable income in their lives. And they're like, I'm going to buy all the Switch games I couldn't afford as a kid. <laughs> now they all cost hundreds of dollars. And people are like, Jeremy and you and I are sitting on our fat stacks of Switch <laughs> games. We're like... <laughs> Eat my ass, little kids who are now adults. <laughs> Please, at that age, I might have difficulty finding someone who will eat my ass without payment. <laughs> Alright, let's not divert any further. We have a very limited lifespan for this podcast before the flu returns. Guys, I need mana so bad. Well, funny you should mention mana, because now that we have talked about the games we've played, it is time for Bill's Magic Minute. I'm going to time you. Give me one second. Okay. I'm going to pull up the phone. I'll give you one second. You give me one minute. 
Yeah. We'll be talking about metric gathering without any context or explanation given. And we'll get it all out of my system and it won't pollute the other segments of the podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. And go. One of the spoiled cards in the recent weeks of the Dominiera set is Mox Amber. I feel like if they're going to make another Mox, they really shouldn't have. Because there's so little margin for error with Moxen, they're almost always degenerate. They've It's just very hard to create a zero mana cost card that isn't either completely unplayable or incredibly powerful in the decks that can use it. It took a while, but people have found ways to take advantage of Lion's Eye Diamond, which forces you to discard your hand just to use the ability uh, to get its mana, even though it costs zero. They found ways to make Mox Diamond extremely broken. They found ways to make Mox Opal a part of a successful deck in Modern. Mox Amber is more limited than those ones, but I am fearing that it's going to end up with the same face. <laughs> that was a minute. Uh, I'm always going for exactly a minute. Not up to a minute. I know you are. That's uh, a letdown. Okay, so Di, just uh, <laughs> so you're aware, with the inclusion of our new uh, screen-watching segment, we are retiring Choose Your Fighter. Oh, no! So that means that we have retired Choose Your Fighter, where each of us brings an article, news event, or upcoming game to discuss. We have replaced it with the final boss section, where one of us brings an article news about your upcoming game to discuss. Oh, yes! So, Di, it sounded like before we started recording, you had something you would like to talk about. I am happy to talk about it with you. Oh, yes! I do have something you want to talk about. So, a couple of days ago, Donald Trump, uh, he stated that video games and Film violence may be to blame for the recent school shootings. And, um, first of all, I just, you know, like, I don't really like talking about politics, but fuck Trump, because uh, I found an article that talks about how it is 100% uh, not, there's no evidence to support any link between a lack of empathy or a fostering of violence in anyone's brain. And uh, this was done in, uh, this was released January of 2018, uh, and they found no evidence to support the theory that video games make players more violent. This was a University of York study. Uh, it was a series of experiments with more than 3,000 participants. Uh, they don't, they, basically the bottom line, video games don't prime people to become violent individuals like regardless of the realism it doesn't increase aggression it doesn't do that and um it's so i president trump ew, ew, it just still sounds so gross he put together a clip what was it 80 seconds or so uh a clip of all of the this uh extreme violence in video games these are games that are rated m uh P.S. the link that he put out. There's no warning or anything, so anyone at all can see them. But the games themselves, they do have warnings. I'm just throwing That's a little that, bit ironic, just yeah. Just throwing it out there. Uh, the clips that he did put together were the worst of the worst. But when I watched them, I was like, damn, that's, that's just so sweet. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, those are some nice clips. Uh, in retaliation, 
there's like no there's no evidence to support that what he's saying is true. Um, they so in one study the participants played a game where they had to either be in a car avoiding collisions with trucks or a mouse avoiding avoiding being caught by a cat. And following the game, the players were shown various images, like a bus or a dog, and asked to la- label them as either a vehicle or an animal. And they pretty much, like, they they say that if it has an influence, the participants would be quicker to categorize whether it's a car or a dog, you know, whatever they're saying. And there was zero, zero evidence to support that that happened. Um, there's a bunch of, like, they use like ragdoll physics. They use a bunch of different. It's a it's a it's an in depth study. So of course, I just want to, in defense of video games, come out there and say like, there are, there's no evidence. There's zero evidence supporting claims that video games can make you a more violent person. It's just not. Yeah, I, um, it seems like there are a high number of studies that do not that show that there is no causation of violent video games leading to violent behavior. Right. And that even, uh, unfortunately, I cannot source the study, but there was a study shown that people predisposed to violent behavior did not necessarily enjoy video games either. I'm pretty sure I saw it on Reddit. Uh, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. We, we cannot uh, reproduce the uh, article here, but there do seem to be articles that... I, I have seen at least that confirm and deny the link between the two. Mm. So um, I mean, I have played all of the most violent video games, and also was uh, have been a victim of violence several times, and I yet to attack anyone in my life. So, and I'm not saying that I'm the end all be all, of course, but I can speak from experience that violence in video games is cathartic for victims, at the very least. That's my story. I I could certainly see that. And the reason I I didn't previously talk about this on here because I haven't, you know, talked about a lot of things that the president has done. I you know, usually I stay pretty quiet on social media. So, and it felt like it would be not appropriate for me to like say, "No, this is the line. You're going to take my video games?" No, not on my watch because there are many many uh, more horrible things that are happening. Of course. And I, like, I felt odd for me to speak out on this issue personally. Right. Uh, having had it brought up, I think one thing that would be a mistake on the part of gamers is to just not think a little bit about violence in video games. Even if there is no link mm-hmm. between violent behavior and violent video games, we should give some consideration to why, like, almost all the most popular video games of the past 10 years are shooting games. Sure. Or involve, like, uh, just arbitrary violence. Mm-hmm. If you want video games to be more respected and less of a scapegoat, then we need to consider ways where the, uh, where the media does things besides use violence as the main conflict resolution. Right. I understand that one of the easiest ways to add a set of stakes to a game is to have your character at risk of living or dying. I mean, that goes back to Pac-Man. Sure. Like, it's very easy to understand what's happening in Pac-Man because, like, oh, you're a little yellow die. If you get touched by a ghost, you die. Right. If you touch the 
power pellet before you touch the ghost, then they die. Very simple, very clean to understand. Mm -hmm. There are uh, more things that we can be doing, and they are happening. They're happening slowly. Mm -hmm. It's uh, not enough, though, at the pace they're happening. Like, Nintendo feels like one of the only companies that's really trying to explore alternative ways to do these things. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at uh, Splatoon, they made a shooter that you do shoot people in it, with but, paint. <laughs> yes, with a non-lethal substance. <laughs> right. And the objective is not to defeat or destroy or kill the enemy. It's about covering the ground with paint. And there can definitely be an aspect of competition that's violent or involves, like, physical combat. That That's okay. Right. And there can definitely still be games that are, like, action films and involve lots of shooting and stuff. Mm -hmm. But maturity involves conflict, emotional conflict discussions about difficult subjects and these don't not they don't always appear in video games and if you want to allow video games to grow then rather than being feeling defensive about why people always come after video games think about how we could proactively change or look for different types of uh, content out there and allow it to grow and support it right i agree uh, I didn't think of it like that. I'm always in defense of video games because, um, I don't know, that's the type of thing, like, always having things taken away from me when I was younger, like violent music and, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which didn't have an influence, not to say it doesn't exacerbate the violence in culture. I, like, only speak for myself personally. But, like, yeah, always in defense of that because of just the principle of it and, like, the just being reactionary about it. But that's a very good point, and I totally agree with you. Realistically, you know, I, I played, like, GoldenEye when I was 12. Okay. I saw, like, you know, violent action films when I was still in my early teens. So this stuff does happen. I, I'm not going to pretend that, like, kids are, are exposed to this. Let's mm -hmm. just think about the ways they're exposed, too. Right. And, like, understand that it's happening and not... Try and understand it better. That's all. Right. Well, Di, uh, I think that's probably a good place to call it, unless you had any further thoughts about uh, the events of recent news articles. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Let me tell you something. I am excited to take a nap. All right. <laughs> I'll just say one other thing. I'm pretty sure nothing's going to happen with video games by this time. This is This recording comes out. We'll have already moved on to some other national scandal. <laughs> Additionally, by the time this comes out, you might have the flu. We're gonna test your flu shot and see how uh, see how well that is gonna work out to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, we will know by the time this episode airs how well I'm faring. I've washed my hands just so much to try to not get my roommate sick, and uh, have respectfully coughed into myself, and uh, you know, try not to spread the germs. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm infallible, or I am fallible rather. I'm infallible human being. And I hope that you are fine. Either you, both your roommate and I, either we're going to get it or we're not. It's going to be how our antibodies react. You're right. It was very bad, though, just so you know. <laughs> it was very bad. Today was the best, the best day so far, and I still uh, am not doing that great. So, there's the best. Well, thank you so much for toughing it out <laughs> for us. Di, if you want people to find you, either electronically or in person, where can they find you? Uh, DiBillick.com. In person, I'm I, I'm a 150 water. I'm about to <laughs> share the <this> road, <laughs> but I can't tell you why. 
Well, no, the address is right here. It's 5815 North Sheridan. There's even a little map on here. So it looks like if you uh, exit off by... Uh, oh, that's a little hard to read. I might just that's Ardmore, Fitz. Oh, Ardmore. Ardmore. Thank you, thank you. Uh, as for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Spreaker, from SoundCloud, from YouTube. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits, Wednesdays and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. Wednesdays are usually for Magic the Gathering Online, and Thursdays are for a potpourri of different games. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts, support, independent art, the, the spirit, spirit of Dell compels, compels you. you. That's the spirit of Dell. As a dog? No, he's like a demon. Oh no, they've come to get me. I gotta go.